Ball hard, go bigger, indeed, Mr. Jeezy. The snowman always says it best. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Boys Will Be Boys. As always, I'm Andy Gatelli. Ben Walker, how you doing? Goats, I'm doing good, my man. Uh, another Dallas Cowboy win. That makes three in a row without Zeke. And uh, eight and six, man. It's, it's, a, it's a good time to be a Cowboy. This is very true. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, I, I'm not going to survive many more wins like that, my man. I'm not going to survive them. Uh, I'm going to be dead in the ground at 35 years old, having suffered a quadruple heart attack in the fourth quarter of a game. It's very similar to that one. Well, the Cardiac Cowboys are back, live and live in color, my man. Whew. Smell-o-vision. So, Ben, tell me, where were you during this ridiculous roller coaster ride of a game? Sure. So I, uh, for all my listeners out there, was in the fantasy football uh, semifinals. Uh, big, big, uh, big game, you know. I was watching fantasy all day, had all my screens up. Was utterly devastated because I was throwing up a real shit bomb. But uh, Excellent. But I knew I had the Cowboys in the night. So um, once I realized I was probably going to lose, all faith shifted to Dallas. And go, that's... That's very scary for me. You know, I've, I've done this a few times in my life where I've decided to throw all my eggs in the Cowboys basket, and it's, uh, it's a pretty nerve-wracking thing. So I, uh, I was with uh, two of my buddies, my roommate Tim and uh, old Cameron Golden, and we were watching it at our place, hoping for the best. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was me. Where were you at, man? Oh, well, I was not in the fantasy semifinals this year, uh, despite – um, the trophy, uh, which sits not but five feet from me right now, residing in the goat pen for the last year. I won it. Um, hey, I want it. I want it to stay here. Unfortunately, the commissioner and the powers that be had other plans. Not you, Kamish. I'm talking about real Kamish, Roger, suspending the best player in the league. Yeah, all of us commissioners get together at the end of every year. Trust me, I'm gonna give them a piece of my mind when I see him. Oh well, we we all know we all know this story. We've we've talked plenty about the injustice that was done to Ezekiel Elliott, but unfortunately, unfortunately for the Seattle Seahawks, they will be paying for the sins of Roger Goodell come this Sunday. But is that bad man back? Oh, he is back, and and you know I I'm not one to comment on another man's physique, but the boy's looking good, Ben. Gone are the days of Cupcake Zeke. Fat Zeke is gone. Ripped, angry Zeke is here. I don't know. Yeah. If you, I don't know if you saw the pictures coming out of Cabo this weekend. The pitch, the pictures circling the internet certainly shows Zeke in a very uh, uh, good light. I will say that. Apparently, this dude was just down in Cabo, training like a freak, just thinking, running sand dunes, spending all his time thinking about how much he wanted to get back and crush the league. And you know what, Ben? I think he, I think he could do it. I think he has the skill and I think he's got, I think he's got the entire toolkit that he's going to need in order to put together an incredible game. So 
I'm very excited. But um, first, before we get to the return of Zeke, the Cowboys had one game to win more without him, Andy. One more test, a Sunday night matchup in Oakland against the reeling Raiders. The Raiders. So this is a team is a very disappointing team. They, you know, the spiritual cousin of the Cowboys. Um, oh, they they have shades of Dallas all about them this season. And a team that, you know, blew it blew expectations out of the water last year, a Super Bowl favorite coming into this year, and, and really just kind of high esteem where the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders. Some people even saying Oakland had a better line than us. They have definitely had a down tick this year. And historically they have like the worst pass defense in the NFL. Um, at one point it was record historically bad and now it's just really bad. So um, massive disappointment across, across the entire team, Andy. Yeah, completely agreed. Um, so the, obviously the Cowboys coming into this game, um, they had high hopes. You know, they they've reeled off two quick wins um, against what what many people would probably accurately describe as subpar opponents. Um, yeah, but you know, you beat the teams you're supposed to. Um, so coming into this game, you know, Oakland was was coming into this one. I think six and seven. Um, they were uh, a a you know a slightly better four and three at home. Uh, and, and Dallas obviously has to win out to, to continue even the small glimmer of hope at the end of the dark tunnel for as far as uh, playoff expectations go. Um, so you know, let's let's get right into it, Ben. This one was a uh, a doozy. Um, you know, last game without Zeke, uh, and it got off to a, a, a interesting start to say the least. So uh, this is going to shock you, but the Cowboys took the ball to start this game. No way. Uh, yeah, I know. Jason Garrett, he's a wild card, all right? He doesn't do things the predictable way. Um, so right off the bat, Cowboys go to work, um, and Alfred Morris is looking sharp. He's reeling off about five yards a run. Dak's completing some short passes. Um, it, it's it's looking good. Unfortunately, um, you know, after getting all the way down to the Oakland 35, um, Dak and, and Des, this was this was a, a little concerning at first. Um, they, there was a definite miscommunication here. Uh, Des was running a, a really classic route for him, just this shallow cross, kind of quick slant route that he runs. Um, and he just kind of pulled up on it. And I think it was because he saw how high the ball came out of Dak's hand. Dak was throwing high in warm-ups from what I heard. Um, and this ball came out of Dak's hand really hot and and too high for even Des to get to. Yeah, worth noting, I, I have heard Dak say in – People have said that his when Dak's tight or when Dak's nervous, that's his miss. He typically throws over guys' heads. We've seen that, you know, his his two games against New York last year when he's got a little bit of those nerves go. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a common miss for him. So this one would just never really look good. Even if he threw that on the numbers to Des, Des would have got absolutely led into Navarro Bowman's shoulder. Yeah. Uh, which would have been concerning, which is I kind of think why Des went up a little bit, but either way, bad throw, bad decision, and uh, an easy interception for Sean Smith. Yeah, so Oakland picks it off, um, you know, stops what had, up until that point had been a really good drive for the Cowboys. Um, you know, Dak had 
had a and some you know 15 yard plus completions. Uh, Morris had had some good runs, 16 yards, 10 yards. Um, but yeah, ends in an interception. Very disappointing. Luckily, Alfred looked really good early in this game. Go. I don't know. I mean, we'll get to it, but he kind of disappeared late. But he had a nice start. Very true, man. I don't know what happened. He had. I think he. I think they said he had like 51 yards on the first like possession or two, and he ended up with 61 yards. So, yeah, dude, completely disappeared. Um, but through the first possession, he looked like he was going to run all over him all night. Um, luckily, Dallas's defense did come to play a little bit. Um, you know, we force a three and out right off the bat. Uh, Lynch runs once for he gets three yard loss. Um, and Derek Carr misses a pass to Crabtree. Um, so the, the Raiders punt, um, which would lead to Dallas getting the ball back. We do manage to get down uh, to the Oakland 27 to kick a field goal. Um, so we have points on the board early, always a good thing. Um, Dak looked a little better. He came back from the uh, from the interception. We ran the ball a ton on the second drive, um, but Dak managed to you know complete a, the couple passes we need him to. Got into scoring position, um, got three points out of it. Yeah, good to see Dan hit a, a forty five yard after last week. Not that I was nervous at all. You know, I figured he'd shake that off, but still, he he looked he looked like his normal Dan Bailey. He looked money. So. The the, the forty five yarder that would that looked like it would have been good from you know fifty plus. Um, classic Dan Bailey. We were, I think everyone read the, a quiet sigh of relief over that one for sure. Um, you know, and the, and Dallas's defense came back on the next drive, um, pretty much, uh, you know, playing the exact same way. Um, Sean Lee was all over the field. No surprise there. Um, he manages to get a tackle on three straight plays uh, during this drive. Um, they end up getting a, a, a penalty on fourth down. Um, which adds a little bit more to the uh, return uh, for Dallas. Uh, and Dallas goes to work with uh, 3.45 to play in the first quarter, uh, and this would be the Cowboys' first scoring drive. Um, so, Ben, I liked what I saw here from Dak. Um, he came out, you know, we'd seen on the previous drive, he had really, they had really kind of limited him. We had pretty much run the ball almost every play. He had thrown one pass that wasn't to a running back. Um, and on this one, they really opened it up for him. He hit uh, Terrence Williams twice. He hit James Hanna for 31 yards. That pass to Hanna was a nice dime, too. Um, we were running that little corner route all day and, and throwing it right over the top of defenders. It was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a sneaky play. It did come to bite us later as we leaned on a little too much, but uh, that, this one was a nice pass. Yeah, and you know, you look at the stat line for this game. Dak Prescott ends up with two interceptions, no passing touchdowns, and that kind of betrays the fact that Dak threw some really pretty balls this game. Um, he got let down twice by receivers this game for sure. Yeah, huge. Um, there was one in particular, um, and we'll and we'll get to it. Um, but there was a God. I swear to God, Terrence Williams. If you don't learn how to catch the ball with your hands, I'm gonna kill you. If we review the tape, have we complained about anyone more than him? Maybe like on a per capita basis, Ryan Switzer, but he's come back into my good graces ever since that. He does also lost us a game. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, man, there's gotta be a better, there's gotta be a better number two, but whatever we'll get there. Um, so Oakland would get the ball back. But by the way, it's now 10 zero. Um, so excellent start to the game thus far. Um, Oakland takes the ball back over. Um, and the, the, they were really, uh, Oakland was really plagued by, um, 
penalties all night. Um, they, they were having real problems with discipline. They were getting holds, illegal formations, um, all kinds of stuff. So they got offensive holding on back-to-back plays uh, during this drive. Um, they managed to get to their own 48-yard line, um, but too little too late. Fourth and one, they punt, which would lead to a Dallas punt. And then uh, at the half, uh, Oakland would get the ball back with uh, 3.02 left in the first half. Um, they do manage to put together a pretty nice drive going down the field. Um, I'll say that's one part uh, in in part because of uh, an offsides penalty uh, by Dallas, which was not good to see. Um, you know, they got Michael Crabtree on the field. Kid's a beast. Um, between uh, Texas Tech legend Derek Washington and Texas Tech legend Michael Crabtree, um, they got some. They got some players. You know, they can they can do some damage. Uh, so they. They managed to get down the field. Dude, they threw to nobody but Crabtree. Um, <laughs> Derek Carr literally trusts nobody else on that field, especially with Amari yeah, Cooper. Amari Cooper gone. You're not going to throw to Cordero Patterson. He has two stone bricks for hands. Jared um, Cook also has bricks for hands. Well, he, Jared Cook managed to catch a touchdown on this one, but only after he had pushed off the defender completely, so obviously that they nullified the touchdown. So – I know that helped us, but was that a weird call? No comment. No comment? Like yeah, I, right. like I say for all of right, these dude. Things. The restaurants will fuck us anyway, so they probably just called that to cover up their cover conspiracy. Up. Here's what I'll say. No matter what the worst like penalty you can imagine that goes in favor of the Cowboys, there have been five that have gone against us, so... I just consider any of that a small pittance to cover up the fact that they're out to get us. True. So, uh, I do want to mention on this drive, you know, uh, as I said, Oakland took back over down 10-0. At one point, Chidobe uh, Awuzie, Awuzie Hive, knocked out the ball from Crabtree. Crabtree was able to somehow recover it, even though he was laying on the ground and then had to run five yards. Awuzie was out here making plays, dude. He also had that play where he just, like, went helmet to helmet with Marshawn Lynch and managed ooh, to stop ooh. him. That was, that was a vicious play. Even Marshawn got to give you some love. That one had to hurt, and he mm-hmm. stayed on the field, man. That uh, not many people. I wouldn't even feel comfortable. Sean Lee throwing a no. shoulder into him. No. Yeah. So Cheeto's out there like doing the the whole welcome to the the league rookie thing, um, and I like what I see from the kid. I think he's got the makings of a really good corner. Um, so going into uh, the half, um, they've got a chance for a thirty nine yard field goal. Unfortunately, uh, they shank it. Uh, and they missed the field goal. So Dallas is up 10-0 yeah, so at the half. <laughs> that was a really bad turn of events for them. Um, um, and they're probably kicking themselves for this. As we mentioned, they, they drive all the way down to the field. With 10 seconds left, they throw a touchdown to Cook. That, Andy says, gets called back. And then they shank a 39-yard field goal. Easily could have been 10-7. Should have been 10-3. And instead, 10 nothing at the half. So the first half ends. It's ten to zero. The second half of this game gets so crazy. One of the craziest Jeez. halves of football right now. Maybe my favorite Cowboy game of the year, and not by numbers, not like by a pretty aspect, but oh my god, dude, that was a that was a battle. Like that. That's what you live for, man. Like you're on the edge of your seat. Big third downs, big fourth downs. Some crazy plays happen. Like. It's a fucking index card, which I will get to. But that is a massively <laughs> misunderstood thing that occurred. 
<laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But suffice it to say, they were not measuring the distance between the two objects in question with an index card. It's an, a measure of angle. I feel you. I anyway. feel you, man. It's never been seen, though. It's never been seen, but the refs also came out the next day and said they were not using it to measure. They were using it to show the camera. They had already done the approximation with their eyes and made the call. They were simply using the index card to demonstrate for the viewers at home and the camera and officials in the box the angle at which the ball was placed against the first down marker, thereby giving Dallas the first down. Dude. So, <laughs> fuck them. We looked at each other, we, we were just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, it, was, it was really But ridiculous. I will say this. It should have never even been met. They made the right call. If you watch that replay, Dak got a shitty, shitty spot on that. Oh play. yeah, he it, easily converted that fourth. And I want to. We'll talk to that play. I know we, we've already jumped on it. I hated that play call anyway. Um, yeah, didn't like uh, it. Empty but, backfield, just like broadcasting the fact that Dak is going to scramble or going to try to rush it himself. Don't like it. So anyway, we'll definitely get there. It's it's coming up here very quickly. So Oakland gets the ball to start the second half, and in classic Cowboys fashion, um, we just did, gave oh, up. Did they score? Oh, they uh, score believe it or not, they did. Um, so they actually run the opening kickoff back 100 yards for a <laughs> touchdown. Luckily, uh, they got an offensive holding call, and so we got to watch them score again in slow motion. So Oakland pretty much just picked us apart, um, going play by play by play. Um, they, I mean, they, they, this was a, an 11 play 90 yard drive. Um, they got all the way to the Dallas 21 on second and 10. They handed it off to Marshawn Lynch, uh, who got a 19 yard run on second down. Uh, and on first and goal, uh, Derek Carr throws it to Michael Crabtree and suddenly a 10 zero game is 10. Yeah. That was the one Woozy got beat. Um, Crab and, uh, Carr really good at the fade. I wish we would learn from it because they, seemingly throw one of those every game, sometimes multiple between the two of them. Um, the weirdest play of this drive, Andy, which really pissed me off, was on third and six from the Oakland's 47, Derek Carr scrambled for 32 yards. Yeah. I mean, 32 yards. There wasn't a soul there. Um, I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, let's talk about Derek Carr rushing four times for 47 yards in this game. And that includes sacks where he lost and you know any play where he lost yardage. So this is just freakishly ridiculous that this guy was able to slip out. It's not a good sign. I did not like our ability to contain or lack thereof. It was not good. Right. So Oakland gets back in at 10-7, but we get the ball back, right? That's a good thing. You would think, Ben. You would think. Unfortunately... Um, so on first down, uh, we handed off to Morris, one yard run. Uh, on second down, uh, Dak throws it to Beasley. Beasley doesn't catch the ball. On third and nine, uh, Dak tries to throw it to Beasley again, and the ball is intercepted by uh, Smith yet again, who then gallops 22 yards for a touchdown. Um, luckily, it turned out that Beasley had actually touched him and therefore, uh, they ended up having to get the ball at the 22. But this was very, very close to a pick six. Uh, just an ugly play from receiver, yeah. quarterback. And, so I mean, the O-line gets beat. Dak gets the ball hit out of his hand while he's throwing it. So it's basically a high wobbler, easiest interception of Sean uh, 
Smith's career. Uh, Cole is so lucky he touched him because he gave the shittiest effort on that play. Oh, terrible. I was yelling at my TV. He literally just runs by and throws his hand backwards as if you're like... Uh, Playing tag. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, oops. Whoops. whoops. So that's ridiculous. So Oakland gets the ball in the 22. Um, Carr immediately tries to throw the fade to Crab. Don't blame you. Pretty good call. Um, Marshawn Lynch is a one-yard run. Uh, and then Derek Cartridge throw to Derek Washington. Um, don't get me wrong. I think the play call of uh, going to two of your three plays to Texas Tech guys, smart, smart, cerebral quarterback move by Derek Carr. Um, however, it wasn't effective, and they end up kicking a 39-yard field goal. They make this one, um, so it's then 10-10. Um, but I'll say this about this. Uh, you know, One thing that people have said a lot about Dak Prescott is the kid has a short memory. Um, he doesn't let interceptions rattle it's like him. a goldfish goat. I love it. Just stupid and st- empty-eyed stare into the f- edge of the bowl. He doesn't remember shit about anything. It's great. So, Got to be either real smart or real dumb to be a quarterback. Absolutely. So uh, Dallas gets the ball back with uh, 6-14 left to play in the third. Um, and we just go right back to work. Uh Morris gets a two-yard run. Then, uh, unfortunately, Dak gets sacked for minus three yards. Um, and then incomplete to Cole Beasley. Um, this would be what I think is maybe the most crucial play of the game. Um, okay. I've said it before. Incomplete. Right before we get to it, do you think Cole should have caught that? It was kind of a diving catch, but one, I don't know why we're targeting Cole on anything more than 20 yards down the last field, year. Last year, I would have said Cole makes this catch 99% of the time. I know he's diving, but dude, if you've seen the replay, that hits him in the hands, man. I know it's a I know it's a long catch, but dude, this this is a dime dropped on him about yeah. 40 yards downfield. This is yet another really great pass by Dak Prescott that no one will remember because his receiver fucked it up. So Dallas is now fourth and eleven. We've just given up a huge touchdown. The play, the the possession before this, we had a bad interception. Um, so this is just looking really bleak. And uh, who strolls onto the field? Uh, but Chris, middle name, motherfucking last name Jones. Um, Motherfucker Jones, you got a problem with that? This guy, I I literally I, I assume that the Cowboys training staff has to have a special cup made in China with a special giant mold in order to hold this man's balls because he is just just swaggers about with a brass pair of them. You are not going to see a punter behave this way. So Chris Jones walks out there under orders to punt this ball. Make no mistake. Oh, yeah, make no mistake. This was not a Jason Garrett fly by no, the no. seat of your pants decision. No, no, no. This was go out there and punt the ball. So he gets out there and notices that they've got two guys back to return this punt, leaving one less guy up at the line to come get him. Now, a lot of times when you see punters do fake punt plays, they it's a big, nice, like fat end around pretty much where they just like run into a bunch of open space. That that's not what this is. Go watch the replay on this. Chris Jones makes a cut between the tackle and the guard like he's Zeke Elliott. Just makes a beauty cut. 24 yards later, Cowboys have got a first down. Chris Jones strolls out of bounds, tosses the ball back to the ref casually, just goes back to the bench, no big deal. This is what he does every day, day at the office for Chris Jones. So the Cowboys have new life. They're at the 48, 
And this is when Scott Linehan decides to flea flicker, baby. Dial it up, baby. So he goes for the flea flicker. So we hand hand it off to Morris. Morris gets up to the line, turns around, tosses it back to Dak. Dak throws what may be the prettiest ball he's thrown all year. I mean, talk about throwing a dime. This is a dime. He sees Terrence Williams going down the field. He puts it over all the defenders. Terrence stretches out for it. Hits Terrence in both hands. Drops the ball. I got to be honest, man. You know, it's not – I really can't blame T-Dub on this. If you're Dak, you know the only way Terrence Williams is catching the ball is if you throw it in his body. Yeah, you got to have a body catch ball. That's got to be in the body, not the hands. So that's definitely on Dak. You know, I mean – I, I don't know what else to say, man. It's it's clear that uh, Terrence Williams is only uh, only going to catch it if it hits him directly in the chest, man. Just outrageous. So, how bad is he? He is the worst number two receiver in the National Football League. Do you legit believe there's a worst number two out there? If you take away that one game this year where he went off. He goes off once every game. Once every year. Yeah. And I think that saves his job every time and his willingness to take such so little money. Like Terrence Williams. The argument is that we don't need a number two to be that good, but I just don't want to buy that argument. Yeah, dude. I mean, we could can't we just do what the Steelers do and have every receiver be good? It works really well for them. Yeah, or like the Vikings or the Packers. I don't get it. I mean, even the Rams have a cool receiving core. Oh, hell yeah. I would love to have the Rams receiving core. <sighs> Ridiculous. So, second and 10, uh, Dak uh, throws to Witten. Uh, it's incomplete. However, it was a defensive pass interference on Navarro Bowman to try and, you know, you do what you can to stop Witten. There's not much. Hell yeah, uh, it was. So, first and 10 at the Oakland 47, uh, Dak. Throws a, a short pass to Witten, gets seven yards. Uh, Rod Smith runs for six. Uh, then Dak tries to throw to Des Bryant. Unfortunately, we get a holding penalty on Rod, uh, which puts us back 10 yards. Now it's first and 20 at the Oakland 44. And I'll be honest, man, I thought this was going to be the end of the drive. I did um, too. This this team, as big as that punt was, you know, when I, when I was making my little notes, I circled both of these plays because they happened on the same drive. Yep. Um. Dallas, and you've heard me say this multiple times, Andy, we're not designed to be a third and long team. When we get behind the chains, we're not a good offense. Our Correct. offense is dominant because they can constantly stay in front of the chains and constantly keep moving. When we get these penalties or negative plays, we typically have a hard time recovering. So when a first and 20 comes, I think every fan out there would agree that we are not a good first and 20 team. Agreed. So first and 20, and uh, Dak throws a nice little uh, pass out to Des Bryant, who, for his, for his to, to Des's credit, the man can just get after you after the catch if you give him enough space. Um, Des yanks it around, uh, gets pushed out of bounds at the Oakland 25, gets 19 yards in this place, sets up a second and one. Oh, first uh, catch of the game, too, for Des. First catch only the- like his third target, too. Yeah, really, and- second if you take away the penalty. Absolutely. So it's now second and one uh, at the Oakland 25. Um, They're assuming we're going to do just a run up the gut. 
And of course, I'll give Linehan the credit. He dials up my favorite play in the book. Mm -hmm. Little read option. Everyone knows I love the read option. So Dak uh, hands it off, pretends to hand it off to Alf, uh, takes it around the outside, gets 17 yards. Uh, We're now at the Oakland eight. Rod Smith goes for three, and then Dak does a direct snap run, gets the five yards. Um, This was actually a cool play. Dak uh, snapped the ball. He went through his entire progression. He went through four reads. Um, Oakland, to their credit, had everyone pretty well locked down. Um, There really wasn't anyone open, so Dak just kind of weaved his way through a couple guys, um, found his way to the end zone pretty much untouched. He really didn't take a hit here. Uh, And there you go. Suddenly it is 17 to 10. Cowboys and there is hope again. Um, but we told you this is a wacky game. So uh things were not done yet. Uh Oakland gets the ball right back. Nearly and fumbles too. We almost get the ball, but it does not happen. Um Carr gets a one yard pass on second and ten. It's now third and nine. Uh Carr throws, gets, Carr gets the exact same thing that happened to Dak when he threw his second interception, happens to Carr here. Carr gets hit in the arm by Demarcus Lawrence, throws a total wobbler up, just a up-for-grabs ball. It manages to fall directly into the hands of Seth Roberts. Like, on the run, like, not a jump ball. Like, it was like a trick shot. This was like a (laughs) dude-perfect moment. It was ridiculous. Um, Dallas ends up challenging this. I thought this was a stupid challenge when it happened. I was like, it looked yeah, like a catch we were to texting me. during this. I I was unsure because the catch rule is so finicky. If there's yeah. any little bit of movement, he clearly moves it. I think what saved him is his hand may have been under the ball. I still really haven't been able to tell watching the replay. Um, I don't think they they didn't confirm it. They just said it stands, so there wasn't enough to overturn it. I don't hate the challenge you know being that it was a third and nine but i agree it wasn't i didn't expect us to win it i'll say that sure so they go from being on their own 48 to being on our 24 um and then it's just a matter of them kind of just doing little dink and dunk and running the ball um there's a moment of hope where they get a false start it puts them a little bit behind the chains um but they convert and on second and ten at the Dallas thirteen, uh, Cheeto Ouzier, uh commits. They call it illegal contact. Man, this was a really nitpicky penalty. I didn't see anything here that I thought was really egregious, but it is what it is. I can't really complain. They got really, they got pretty hammered on calls all night, um, and so it's now first and goal. Uh, he throws a crab, uh, doesn't get it. Lynch goes for six yards. It's now on the Dallas two, uh, and Crabtree catches his second touchdown of the night tying the game at 17, uh, and so the worry sets in. Uh, Dallas has not looked super amazing yet. We'd had to go for it, for, go for it on a fake punt play. Um, things are, are looking a little scary, um, and they got scarier. Uh, on the next possession, uh, we start the ball on the Dallas 25 with what I consider to be maybe the dumbest play call Dude, in Scotland hands. I, trust me, I worship Des Bryant, but – I don't want him ever taking an end around. I don't want anyone on this team taking an end around. I don't care if it's Ryan Switzer. Unless unless Cowboys legend Lucky Whitehead returns <laughs> to this team, I don't want to see an end around. Okay? The only time I've seen an end around really work is I have to go back in my memory to Terrell Owens, and that's because Tia was freaky good. Um, 
I don't know what the fuck that was. We we uh, you know we we talked about we got away from Alfred Morris um, or that he disappeared. I think we really just got away from him. I don't see his name pop up on even a lot of like one or two yard runs. We just sort of stopped using him. Yeah. So we lose four yards on the Des run. Dak then scrambles for eleven, but we get a holding penalty on Byron Bell. Um, so it's now. Oh yeah. So uh, at this point, Tyrone Smith has exited the game and is shown on the sidelines and with an ankle work. injury. I was a little relieved there's an ankle and not a back thing. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but that's where we are with Tyrone at this point. Yeah. Um, the fact that he's still walking, we're like, cool. He can probably like drive a car, uh, and dress himself. <laughs> so um, we get the offensive holding call. It's second and f- twenty four now, um, and of course Dak. And then, well, just the Cowboys in general do what they always do when they're at, at, at you know, second and long. Um, they just totally surrender. They do like a six yard play. And then uh, on third and 18, we do try a, a longer pass. Um, he gets a 15 yard pass uh, to Beasley. Beasley comes up short. Um, and on fourth and three, we punt it. Um, so at this point, you're terrified. Um, we're in the middle of the fourth quarter. The, the Oakland Raiders are getting the ball back with 7.59 to play. Uh, they get it on uh, the Oakland 15, and they go to work having uh, had pretty good success thus far against the Cowboys defense. Um, so Derek, yeah, in the second half, they've had, at this point, three drives, two touchdowns, and a field goal. So yeah. we hadn't proved we could stop them yet. Exactly. Um, luckily, the defense really showed up on this particular uh, possession. Um Carr uh, goes short over the middle to Lynch for two yards um, and then hands it off to Lynch for four yards. So on third and four, he tries to throw to Jared Cook. It's incomplete thanks to Byron Jones. Um, And so we force them to punt. They get a 57-yard punt uh, out of uh, Marquette King. The guy's a beast. I got to give it to him. You know, they do have like the coolest punter. I mean, he's not as good as Chris Jones, obviously, but he seems like a cool guy. He does fun dances, and he can kick the shit out of the ball. So good for him. Um, so Cowboys get the ball back, 6.30 to play. Um, we go incomplete to De- Dez, uh, finally hand the ball off to Alfred Morris, who gets no gain. Um, third and 10, uh, Dak throws the ball to Witten for 10 yards. Uh, Oakland challenges this, and it was reversed. They decide that Dak only got nine yards. So this brings up a play. Was the right call. It was the right call. So this brings up a play that will be probably go down as the Oakland Raiders like season in a microcosm. Dude, their fans are comparing this to the tuck rule, which is just mind-boggling to me. So it's fourth and one on the Dallas 39. The Dallas Cowboys line up with an empty backfield with Dak under center. Why? Like, don't understand it at all. Uh, I don't know. I I, I don't feel as- – Confident without Zeke either in a fourth and one to just hand off to the running back, which we surely would have done if we had Zeke. But if you're going to sneak, I don't like lining up five wide and then sending a man in motion. So we send a man in motion. It's Beasley going around the end. Uh, Dak just keeps it himself. It pushes up the middle. Um, They give him what I would consider to be a very terrible spot. Yeah. And it is very close. So they bring out the chains, and they line up the ball, and the nose of the ball is very close to the chain. I've never seen a measurement that's been more 
I guess harder to tell where the where this ball or so, where the first down was. Like that was the closest I've ever seen. It is insanely close. And the refs, what how they explained it the next day was the refs looked at it and decided it was a first down, but that they needed to show the camera and the officials in the booth that it was indeed a first down. And so they chose a very interesting method to demonstrate that. Uh, the head ref got a pulls out a piece of paper, gets an index card out, folds it, folds in, it half. in half, which is the Why? center of much controversy. The reason you hold it, fold it in half is because if you're trying to go for the angle, folding it in half makes it straight. It won't, it doesn't bow and ebb like a straight index card might. So they put it down between the ball and the first down marker. And they show that the ball is slightly angled ahead of the edge of the chain, which is the rule. How Oakland fans have taken this is that because this index card could fit between the chain and the ball, it was in fact not a first down. And they really hated it when the ref walked out smirking and dramatically pointed for a first down, which I thought was pretty funny. But Dean Serator, who screwed us during the Des no catch, by the way, fam. He's a real, real douche. Dude, he but. just had a big old grin on. And dude, oh, that would have pissed me off so much. Oh, I'd hate me, him forever. Oh my god, dude. Me and Tim were sitting there like, what in the hell did we just see? Like, I saw so many like office depot memes and shit on the internet afterwards. Yeah, there's many, many asking who would win, the Oakland Raiders or one foldy boy. Um, <laughs> many, many of these. So feel free to go on the Oakland Raiders subreddit, check out a plethora of hilarious memes. Um, they pretty much, the Oakland Raiders lost to Chris Jones, an index card, and one other special player who's very close to our hearts, who we will discuss here at the end of the game. So we convert... Um, on f- with 421 left to go, uh, Dak hits uh, Keith Smith for 12 yards to get us into Oakland territory. Morris gets a three-yard run. Uh, and then on second and seven, oh, Ooh. man, boy, did I like this play. Dak throws another dime that hits young Desmond Bryant in the numbers. I mean, this is – Hits him right in the chest. All he has to do is just. This was nice. Des boxing out this corner. Um, physical dude, and this is what he does that none of our other wide receivers are even slightly capable of. Basically, a total. I don't. I hate calling him jump ball or 50-50 ball, but a ball where he's tightly contested for sure, and he basically wards him off with one arm and able to snag it in on the other side. Beautiful, beautiful play. So. Yes, so it is now 40 yards. Um, It is now first and goal at the five. Um, We hand it off to Morris, who gets four yards. We're on the one, two-minute warning hits. Second and goal, run for no gain. Timeout number one by Oakland. Third and goal, Morris runs, no gain. Timeout number two by Oakland. And so now the Cowboys have to make the tough call. They let Dan Bailey kick a 19-yard field goal. Mm. This was rough, man. I was worried. Uh, had shades of Green Bay written all over it. This is not how you wanted this to go. Um, I hate settling for a field goal here. And it almost – trust me, this almost came back. So 
Um, does anyone have any faith the defense would make a stop at this point? Like zero. I, zero. Yeah, I just man, I thought, man, let's hold him to a field goal. So 2017, 138 left. And uh we kick off. They get a holding. So we're at yeah, we're at the Oakland eleven. First and ten. Uh, and Derek Carr goes right into two-minute offense, obviously. Uh, shotgun formation, almost every play. Um, Seth Roberts, incomplete. Seth Roberts, 19 yards. Um, first and 10 at the Oakland, 30. Incomplete to Crabtree. Incomplete to Crabtree. Incomplete to Seth Roberts. Fourth and 10. Which, on this play, this is third and 10. Derek Carr gets pressured here. Throws a terrible ball that hits Anthony Brown between the numbers. Like you, it's a pass. It's oh a pass man, it Brown. was not a difficult interception to make. No, this was terrible. So this is a game-winning interception dropped by a rookie corner, not a rookie, but a young DB. Um, and right He's then, lost his job, and that oh dude, that was painful. Right then, you're saying okay, we're gonna lose. Like when things like that happen. That's the kind of thing that the universe makes sure you lose the game so that you'll look back on it and be like, I hate everything about football. Um, so on fourth and 10 from the 30, uh, Card chunks it up to Crabtree. And, man, Jordan Lewis just got caught up in the lights, man. This dude just didn't know what to do. He was so worried that Crabtree was going to catch this ball that he just absolutely molests him on the way down. It is an atrocious defensive pass interference. Um, yeah, this is this is a little veteran move by Crab too. Collinsworth kind of mentioned it, and I'm I'm a little bit in agreement that I don't know if he was ever trying to go for the catch on this. He kind of slowly stops running so that Lewis is going to kind of fall. Looks for the contact, takes it. I mean, Lewis definitely bumps into him. It was definitely pi. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I just think it was a savvy move. And sure, Lewis, like you said, caught up in the lights one on one on a play to win the game, and he. Just pretty much tackles him. It was so, a 55-yard penalty, Andy. And you want to guess what the longest penalty of the season was? Is that it? <laughs> that is it. Oh, well, there In you go. In the have entire it. NFL, that is the longest pass interference call. on the So season. now Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown both have a share of the game-losing play trophy. And there's plenty of time at this point. There's 44 seconds, I believe, they still have two timeouts. They at least have one. and uh, They have one timeout because they took two timeouts on okay. that last pl- right. drive. But they're on our 15 with 44 seconds. First so. and 10, 15-yard line. Worst case now, it looks like they're settling for a field goal. And I mean so, absolutely worst case. So Derek Carr throws a pass to Cordero Patterson who gets pushed out of bounds for seven yards. It's now second and three at the Dallas eight. They Derek Carr throws an incomplete pass to Michael Crabtree, defended by Jeff Heath. Hitchens is hurt during the play. So we now have lost a linebacker in one of the most crucial junctions of the game. It's third and three. They have, mm. We have taken a timeout. There's 31 seconds to play. This will go down <laughs> as one of the most embarrassing plays for a star quarterback in many, many years. So Derek Carr, the $25 million man, Stockton's finest, just the living, breathing incarnation of white trash California, steps up, 
the coverage is good. He can't find a receiver. He scrambles to the right side. He makes it to the sideline. Everybody side holds their breath because it looks like there it looks is like he's going no... right into the end zone. There's one man, one hero of the Lord, one between demigod him. placed on the field, one amazing safety slash backup kicker between him and greatness. It's the career ender himself, <laughs> Jeff fucking Heath. The man who always is in the position to do something that he didn't mean to <laughs> wins games. That is Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath never means to win a game, but he'll win you a goddamn game. So, Carr's scrambling. He makes the first down. So, if he goes out of bounds right here, it's first and goal at the one. And they've got four shots with 30 seconds. Dude, he could have slid after getting three yards. I mean... There is no reason to lunge at this ball. I know it's competitive nature, but there is no But, but Carr couldn't help himself. He wanted to be the hero. So Carr l- lunges forward with the ball. It extended in his right hand, and he hits him. Derek Carr fumbles this ball, not out of bounds. Just, but I mean, maybe forward. half a yard from but, the pylon. Yeah, like literally a foot and a half forward and you can see it clear as day it's yeah it is like not even a little bit questionable it goes through the end zone the it breaks the plane and then goes out the side of the end zone which is an automatic touchback and the defense takes over the ball the the reaction of everyone on the field and at home is amazing like Everyone goes, oh. oh, man, he didn't get the touchdown. Wait a minute. It looks like Je- – because you watch Jeff Heath. He's first – Oh, I saw it. Me and Tim saw it right away. I He's saw him fumble that out the end zone. I Oh, we were jumping up, and the refs start talking, and they're talking, and Raiders fans are crowding them. Cowboys fans are crowding them. And Ed- Marshawn Lynch comes up to, like, scream obscenity <laughs> to the ref, which he gets a flag for, which is amazing. This is a- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jeff Heath at first signals no good, like he's like he didn't get in, and then suddenly it dawns on him what happened, and he starts gesturing for a touchback. touchback. So then all the Cowboys are are dancing for a touchback, and so then the refs signal for the touchback, and the look on Derek Carr's face, where he knows that I mean this game meant nothing to the Raiders. They know they're not going to the playoffs. I think if they won, sadly enough, at seven and seven, they weren't mathematically eliminated. Okay, but this isn't like a playoff game or no. But it's their hopes die with this. Sure, sure. To watch, like, kind of the young face of their organization just single-handedly lose this game in probably the most personal, brutal fashion I can imagine. Like, I can't. Because it's not like, you know, like when Russell Wilson threw that interception to lose the Super Bowl, like there was all this like, okay, did the coach call that play? Did he audible out of it? There was some like, you know, there's a little bit of spreading of the guilt, right? This was 100% with 2020 clarity, Derek Carr's fault. And so... This straight reminds me of, I hate to say it because Roma had so many epic wins, but... When we lost a game with Roma, we were like, dude, he did everything right except that. Except like, that. Yeah. You're always just that but. But. Yeah. That and but. so Dak kneels the ball, and the game ends 20-17. to 17. 
Oh, Dallas Cowboys man. moved to eight and six, five and two away. By the way, so we have a game with a fake punt on our own side of the field. A game where a fourth and one is literally the closest it could possibly be to being converted gets converted, and then a fourth and ten where a fifty-five or uh, sorry, we'll go back even a third and ten where a pick is dropped, followed by a fourth and ten where a fifty-five yard pass interference sets up. A fumble out of the end zone. Not just a fumble like a strip sack, like a normal. A fumble like a half yard short. Wow. What a game. The game. And so, Ben, we live to, we live to fight another day. The Dallas Cowboys are still not mathematically eliminated from these 2017-2018 NFL playoffs. So break down for us, Ben. What has to happen for the dream to stay alive? Yeah, I'm still I'm still collecting myself on this. That just brought back so many so many emotions. It hit me right there. Um, but yes, we win the most important thing. So did we get any help this weekend? Well, not exactly. Green Bay and Carolina played, and as Andy articulated last week, we really didn't care who won. We could have made it either way. My preference was for Green Bay to lose because it most likely eliminated them, which they did. So Carolina wins, and they move to 10-4. and four. The Saints win, which doesn't super affect us, but they moved to 10-4. and four. Atlanta unfortunately beats the Bucks in a Monday night game that came down to a field goal at the end. Looks like Jameis and company were going to do us a solid, but just couldn't. So they moved to nine and five. They're in front of you. As I said, the Packers lost. They're now behind us, Andy, at seven and seven and have been mathematically eliminated. And Detroit pulls out a victory. So they are eight and six. So for you kids keeping score at home for the wild card, it's the three NFC South teams, which are 10 and four Saints, 10 and four Carolina, nine and five Atlanta. And those three teams are all currently right now in the playoffs. The Seattle Seahawks got blown the fuck out by the Rams, which we needed 42 I mean, to seven. Holy shit. Todd Gurley ran for four touchdowns on these guys. Whew. That's unheard of for a defense. Like, and I know they're beat up, but still. So that's back-to-back losses for, for Seattle, and now they move to eight and six. Um, we get to play them next week, so that will take care of itself. We if we win out, um, and like I said, the Lions are eight and six. So here's what needs to happen. First of all, every scenario revolves around us winning out. That's number one. The Dallas Cowboys must win their next two games. We play Seattle at home, and I believe Philly on the road. Or are we at home in that? I think uh, it's in, on the road. That is in Philadelphia, in the link. I thought so. In the link. Philly just secured, by the way, a first-round bye. They haven't secured the one seed, but if they win next week, they will. So not getting too ahead of ourselves, but they may be resting motherfuckers in Week 17. We'll see. Um. So, first of all, we have to win. We have to win these two. The second thing that has to happen is Detroit has to lose. The way things work right now, 
we're both eight and six. Assuming we both win out, so everyone's clear why we wouldn't make it, we would be ten and six. It would go to tiebreaker. The first tiebreaker is head to head. We did not play them goat, so moves to the second tiebreaker, which goes to conference record. If we both win out, we both be eight and four in the NFC. So then it moves to the third tiebreaker, which is record versus common opponents. Um, I forget the five common opponents, but assuming we both win out, Detroit would be four and one. We would be three and two. So Detroit has the edge over us, assuming we both win out. So we need Detroit to lose. Their next two games go are this Sunday. They go to Cincinnati. And uh, if you guys are running to your computer right now to look up Cincinnati's record, it's not good. I believe they're four and nine or four and ten now, maybe. Um, they are bad at home. Detroit is good on the road, and I would imagine this game will open up. But Detroit is a five-point favorite. If I had to guess, Vegas here. So I don't think it's likely, but hey, you never know. Detroit has been known to do Detroit things. So that's their first game. Their second game is against Green Bay. Now, that's where everyone's ears perked up because Aaron Rodgers has come back until news uh, I read earlier today, Andy, they have shut Aaron Rodgers back down. Now that Green Bay has been eliminated, they figure, they figure no reason to risk him. So we're at – so now Brett Hundley will take over, and we are looking like, again, that the Green Bay Packers could find a way to fuck us. I hate the Packers so much. So much. Just please die. Just ugh. so Detroit will be favored in their next two games. But hey, weird things have happened. We need them to lose one of them. Now we're looking at the third thing that has to happen because that's not it. That's the that's not the only thing that Detroit lose. We I mentioned we'll just call it the NFC South tiebreaker. The NFC South right now has three teams in the playoffs. One of them is going to win the division and automatically get in. For our sake, it really doesn't matter who. One of them is going to make a wild card. Once again, for our sake, it really doesn't matter who. And possibly two of them will, but for Dallas's sake, we hope not. So either Carolina, New Orleans, or Atlanta must lose out. If Carolina or the Panthers lose out, they'll be 10 and 6 and tied with us, and we would have the tiebreaker over them. Atlanta, of course, beat us head to head, so we need them to lose out, even though at one and one they would be at 10 and 6. So, so like if so if we lucked out, then Carolina and or I guess Atlanta and Carolina would both lose this week. So in a perfect world, in a perfect world, if you're if you're watching out there, Detroit goes into Cincinnati and loses. So we pick up that loss. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Of course, the Cowboys win. And then Carolina plays Tampa, which not a good Tampa team. But hey, they could lose. Um and Atlanta, one second. Who do they play? Um, Atlanta plays New Orleans. So like I said, I guess New Orleans could lose, but ideally we want Atlanta to lose because in week 17, Atlanta and Carolina play each other. So one of them has to lose. Um, so if they both lose this week, essentially we have to jump one of them, assuming we win out. So, so if both of them lose this, if all, so if Atlanta 
and Carolina. and Carolina and Detroit all lose this week, all we need to do is win out. That's correct. If they lose this week, then next week essentially is a win and we're in against Philadelphia. We don't need any help. So what you're saying is we could potentially be in a situation where everything works out and next week we go to that game into the link knowing that yes, if we lose to Philly, our season is <laughs> over. Yes. Well, luckily that's never happened before. It's never turned out terribly. Dude, I was so done with the one and done fucking or winning your end scenarios with Romo era Cowboys. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've watched those games and just hated myself and everything about football. I know. I know, but the alternative is Detroit wins and Carolina or, like I said, we're going to have a chance no matter what because either the Falcons or Saints have to lose. So whoever loses that game, we need to lose the second game. So we've got Detroit – and Ben and the Bengals at noon on Sunday. I think everyone plays an uh, early game. Ah, you are correct. So it's all noon games. So by the time the Cowboys kick off hosting Seattle, we should have a very definite idea of whether or not where this we is possible. Yeah, if even if Detroit wins and Carolina and Falcons lose. We'll still be okay. We just need Detroit to lose next week. Will be all that happens at that point. We just need Detroit to lose. So it's still thin. Like I said, those three things have to happen. Um, but there's a chance. Go. There's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. God, I can't believe we won the last three games without Zeke, man. Speaking of, oh, was that the was young piece? The young boy. The, to- the, du- the days of darkness are over. Ooh. Now, I know that we had some ugly losses there in November, but Sheesh. if you told me going in to the season that, hey, you're going to lose Zeke for six games, and in those games you're going to go three and three, I'd have taken that. I'd have taken that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – you, we hate the way the season's played out, but if that was given you to you, winning three and three without your best offensive player is not bad. And now we've got Zeke Elliott returning. As we teased at the beginning of the episode, Zeke has been in uh, just outside of Cabo San Lucas for the last 42 days. Um, they had a special section of the beach roped off just for Zeke where he could train in the sand dunes. Um, I already went to the jungle bear, butt ass naked, came out wearing motherfucking furs and shit, dude. Just, just came got- out ten pounds, <laughs> ten pounds heavier from eating them, bitches. Exactly. Zeke Elliott looks like a machine right now. Okay, he looks, he looks like he's in better shape than when he came out of college. And let me tell you, he's angry as shit. Tell us, goat. And let me tell you, tell us, he made a bet. With the one Eric Dickerson. Tell us, Goat. Zeke bet the great one that he was going to put 200 yards on Seattle. On <laughs> now, personally, mighty high goal. I think that's a little conservative. I think Zeke's going to put 250 on these boys, but I like how Wait, Zeke. I'm 250? I'm talking about 250. Like Loch Ness Monster 250. 
Now, do I think that they're going to be throwing everything they have at Zeke? Absolutely. Do I think it will be effective? No, I do not. I think Zeke Elliott is going to run through these guys. They We just watched Todd Gurley, a subpar back compared to Zeke, got four <laughs> touchdowns. I think that means Zeke's going to get six touchdowns, minimum six touchdowns. You heard it here on the pod. Zeke Elliott, 250 yep, yards, is projecting six a six-touchdown day. So if you got him in your fantasy lineup still, throw him in there. Oh, I know I do. Brent Wilson, it's going down in my other league. If you're playing the championship game this week in your fantasy league and you have Zeke, just wrap it up, boys. Just go ahead and get that trophy engraved because it's over. It's over. So, so in, this, in the spirit given, of that, Ben. We've given, a, we've given you the look of what we need to have happen. Let's preview this actual bout that's about to occur with the Seahawks from Seattle who will be in town this weekend, goat, give us a little preview. What do you? Uh, I know I, I hear you what you're saying about Zeke, but what else we got to worry about? So obviously, these guys have Russell Wilson, who the kid's really good. He's had a great season. Um, he's put up some incredible games, especially with the insane number of injuries that the. He reminds me of a young Dak Prescott. I like what I see from the young kid. He does remind me of a young Dak, a, a raw, you know, underdeveloped Dak Prescott. Um. But in all seriousness, the Seahawks are a very good team. This is one of the best defenses in the last decade. Um, they are missing significant talent uh, because of injury right now. Um, and they are coming off of an absolute throttling by the Rams. Um, a Rams team that snuck by the Cowboys early in the season, um, beat them 42-7. to So the question becomes, how will the Seahawks respond to that? Um, some teams... You know, now, you know, having just been beaten like a redheaded stepchild, they kind of, you know, are going to sit down and kind of just let the rest of the season roll over them like a wave of depression. Um, other teams respond. Other teams will use that as motivation. They do not want to be embarrassed again like they most assuredly were on national television against L.A. It remains to be seen how Pete Carroll's team will react. Um Personally, I think that the boost that we will get from the return of Zeke Elliott will trump the boost they will get from you know, the psychological trauma of being beaten so bad. But obviously, I'm a little biased. Ben, what do you see out there? Yeah, as you mentioned, Russell Wilson has pretty much single-handedly been carrying this offense. They're down to like their sixth running back, some guy named Mike Davis. Um you know, Jimmy Graham's been super quiet two weeks in a row. Uh, Doug Baldwin's not a bad receiver, but that's really all they have offensively. It's just Russell making plays. As you mentioned, their defense is without key members of the Legion of Boom, both Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor out. So they still have Bobby Wagner. They still have Michael Bennett. They still have Earl Thomas. Is Sheldon Richardson on that team? He is, and I want to say he's hurt, but I could be wrong. I can't remember if his health status, to be honest. Uh, but he is on the Seahawks. Um, another good player. So, I don't know, man. This, As you said, Seattle's not, in the last five years, has not ever been drilled the way they were by the Rams. They've been to two Super Bowls in this time frame. Won one of them. Should have won two. Um, they're 
damn near a contender every year. So it's tough for me to say that they're just going to pack it in. I don't think they're going to. They have enough guys. Russell's like a fucking robot. I don't, him and Jason Garrett would be an odd couple because I literally think they're programmed bodies at this point. Agreed. Oh, update for you on Sheldon Richardson. Yes. Um, he does currently play for the Seahawks. He is healthy. However, he was ejected uh, last week for attempting to fight a Jaguars fan and was escorted to the locker room while yelling, fuck y'all, y'all are bitches. So, yes, Sheldon Richardson pretty much yes. still doing exactly what we expect Sheldon Richardson to do. Hey, uh, we share a birthday. Shout out to S. Rich, baby. Uh, Sheldon is probably most famous for uh, a time on New York Jets where he was arrested going – I believe over a hundred miles per hour in a uh, high dollar sports car with weed, a gun and a child in the car, which is uh, a really interesting combination. You don't dude, see that one that too often. 15 year old dude. He was hanging out with must be <laughs> hella tight. The guy must be super cool. Yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> dude. When I was 15, I did not have friends like that. <laughs> I was hanging out with you. I don't know what I was doing wrong. I should have been hanging out with Sheldon Richardson, but Hey, what are you going to do? So, um, but yeah, off the field issues aside, that kid's a monster. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, this year, so obviously not the best year for for old Sheldon. He's played in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thir- thirteen games. Yeah, he's um, more of the Tyrone Crawford run stopper dude now. But I feel you. Yeah, so he's he's got he's got he's 30, not gonna be second deck. 37 tackles, a sack. He does have one interception against Jared Goff. So, Weird. yeah, odd. You should feel bad about that, Jared. It's really embarrassing. So, he's jacking Goff to the Super Bowl now, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, they've got some talent. Um, they are going to be missing significant uh, members of that team. Um, but they'll have the, the emotional motivation to want to get out there. So, it's going to be an interesting matchup between the Legion of Boom and and the return of Efrekiel Elliott. And I'm not 100% sure on their playoff picture, but they have not been mathematically eliminated, meaning there does exist a path where they still make the playoffs. Um, so you better believe they're going to be coming for us. Absolutely. So um, I also would like to pause here and note that the Pro Bowl roster came out today. Yes, um, I was going to throw on after, but go for it. Um, yeah, so so we uh, they did release the rosters, and uh, the Cowboys were lucky enough to have four of our players make it. Um, no uh, no surprise here, but Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, and Zach Martin all made it. Um, but in a uh, a first career appearance in the Pro Bowl, and certainly very well deserved, one Demarcus Tank Lawrence will be joining the Pro Bowl roster for the NFC. Um, just super, you know, just dead serious here. Super proud of Demarcus Lawrence. Um, this is a guy who's battled injury, suspension, um, weed. I, that's a heavy battle. We've all fought weed before, and most of us have lost. Um, and he he came to play this year. This dude was a terror, and I really, really hope that we get to keep this guy. Um, I know that he's going to uh, demand. Very, very high dollar, um, but I, I really hope we can keep him. He's been an incredible piece of the Dallas Cowboys team this year. Um, ben, I also am reading right here, this is some breaking news on 
Coming live from the wire, Andy Cadelli. Brian Broadus on Twitter says that Des Bryant has been playing hurt all season and that his knee is not 100%. So for all you Des haters out there, Dude, I'm done. You- I'm done going to toe toe with them. Goat. They don't see reason. They're number fiends. <laughs> All they want is they know numbers. who I'm talking about. The same number fiends who would yell at me for obsessing over Russell Westbrook's numbers, saying they don't matter. Yet they look at Dez's numbers and they do. Hypocrisy, goat. Hypocrisy at its finest, Ben. Hypocrisy. You know who you are, Lane Broadway. Lane Broadway, aka the runner-up in this year's fantasy league. AKA the Jaguars smashed y'all. Smashed. Like, enough about that. We're all positive energy here. Absolutely. Stay positive. Anyway. Um, so there you go. Congratulations to the Cowboys. Pro bowlers. Um, hope Dez gets his knee well soon. That he deserves to play at hundred percent. He's a monster. Um, I still think he's got it, man. I don't I, there's no no doubt to me. He certainly has a huge part if of play. Our on offense this game. had to rely solely on him. He could get it done if him and Dak work out. Some and he was healthy. So, with that, Ben, I think the only thing left to do is to give our weekly predictions. Oh God, we're gonna get spanked. We're gonna lose forty-two to ten. Jeez, man, you sure have been wrong a lot lately. I've been really wrong, but I really think Zeke comes back, fumbles 15 times on the first 15 drives. And God, if he does that, dude, I'm going to be real mad at you for putting that out into the universe. So, yeah, we're going to lose. I'm saying that the return of Zeke Elliott ushers in a return to dominance for this team. I'm saying Zeke finds the end zone multiple times. I think it opens up the passing game for Dak Prescott. I think the Cowboys win this one going away. I see this game Ooh. ending 35-17. to 17. Ooh. Don't do it to him. Mm. Oh, it's happening. One thing I would like to point out to our, our listeners, uh, something to be very weary of, Seattle is historically awful in the first half. They always are. Russell Wilson's first half numbers and second half numbers are literally like comparing two different human beings. Um, so. We need to get off to a good start, but just know that they come out hot in the second half and also know that if they do start hot, that doesn't bode well for us. But Correct. that being said, um, just keep an eye on that. We need to we need to get going early. And That's with Zeke, I think it's certainly possible. Very possible. So that is all I had for the week, Ben. Do you have anything else before we sign off? No, not at all. I was going to uh, congrats to our Pro Bowl Cowboys. We love what y'all do for us. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of the pod followers. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah. All nations, races, creeds, and holidays are equally beloved and represented here on Boys Will Be Boys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and spend some time with your loved ones, even if they're obnoxious Cowboy fans who spend the entire time talking about how the playoffs were rigged and we should have gotten in. Um, as always, guys, they, mean um, well. they do. They do. They really do. They love you deep down. They just love the Cowboys just a tiny bit more. Not a big deal. Um, so as always, guys, please like, subscribe, comment uh, on the pod. We love hearing from you guys if you guys would like 
to see anything added or taken away from the pod, let us know and just give us some feedback. We, we know we love giving shout outs to friend of the pods. Um, there are many of you out there. Uh, you know, this week I would like to give a special shout out to friend of the pod, Jake Spons, who uh, gave me the amazing stat that uh, Disney has released two major star Wars movies in the time that it took the Cleveland Browns to win one game. So that is both sad and hilarious. And I thank friend of the pod, Jake Spons. Thank you, sir. It could always be worse. It could always be worse. It could always be worse. So that is all for me. As always, it's Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Happy holidays. Peace.